Also tell you this is all of Shad's fault, and to stick around at the end of the show because uh, there's a bonus song. So enjoy. A new week comes, and we're here again, featuring shows filled with soup. Friends, what will they rate on this weekly trend? Sidekick hero or the coveted legend? It's time for a new episode And breaking down all these shows that we know I really wish we had a better plan Than to sing our theme Damn it, Welcome, Primers, to this issue 54 of DC Primetime. And man, do we have a hell of a week. Uh, we got a pretty packed podcast this week. We got uh, four, only four out of the five shows this week. Because for some reason, Powerless was not on, which we thought it was going to be, and it wasn't. Uh, but, you know, that's a small portion of the podcast anyway. But from the Next Level Showcast, uh, the Showcast Spotlight here on the Next Level Podcast Network, I am Ben Beck. And from the Caffeine Group cast of pods, I am Rob Martin. And I know we've been talking for the past couple weeks about having a special guest this week talking about the musical episode and such, but uh, we're getting twice the guests this week. Uh, Very excited to have him back on. Of course, his wife is going to be joining us this time around. Welcome back to the podcast, Brian Glein and his wife, Kelly. Hey. Hey there. How's it going? And I would like to add in that uh, thanks to all of my... uh, uh, binging of cw shows on the cw app i am now a brian dare to defiant glion (laughs) (laughs) that that is awesome i dare to defy (laughs) uh brian who you would know from the formerly dcr podcast distressed citizens radio podcast and um kelly as well yeah yeah she was on there on occasion (laughs) (laughs) So, Brian and Sean, I mean, you guys are uh, a a huge reason why we have as many listeners as we do now, because, you know, we had you guys on, I think, around this time last year, and a bunch of your listeners came on to listen to you guys talk to us about the shows, and uh, quite a few of them stuck with us, so we're... It's always good to hear. Yeah, we're very appreciative of that. It's a shame Sean is lost in the Phantom Zone, but we'll we'll, (laughs) we'll figure out a way to fish him out of there sometime soon. (laughs) Uh, but yeah, so last time I think uh, you were on, uh, we we talked about the Hawks. Thankfully, we don't have to talk about the Hawks again yes, this man, time. So. Yeah, when when the Hawks disappeared from Legends, I was like, oh no, don't stop. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, wait, come back. For me. Well, I guess before we get into the shows, uh, I, I we got to ask. So, what's been going on for the two of you guys? Because I know a lot of people have been definitely missing both of your voices uh, from the podcast atmosphere. So. 
Oh, you know, uh, I have been doing a lot of just local art stuff. I am working on a comic I'm hoping to launch within the next week or two. And he's published. Yes, and I just got something published in a local uh, anthology called Vagabond Comics. Which is something we'll be actually talking about later. I think that's going to be our weekly recommendation for uh, the show this week. So Cool, cool, cool. Awesome. Yeah, I, think, I know plugs are usually for the end, but that's all I've been doing. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 uh... I've been working. <laughs> Haven't we all? (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty much it. It's working and working and working more. As soon as I heard that it was going to be both of you guys, I was thinking about it. Maybe we'll just make this another Disney episode. So we'll just go that route. (laughs) Oh, man. We we just did that a couple of weeks ago on uh, Caffeine Crew, so uh, I think I, we were talking about doing another one already because we the the outcry from that one everybody's been like, please do this again. I'm like, okay. Like I, I said, think... I, I would I, if if you have me on, I will be an absolute basket case correcting. <laughs> I will be there with bells on. Uh, all right, cool. Let's um. Let's jump into it. Oh, of course, we have to mention to a uh, a special thanks to Shad. Damn it, Shad. Uh, for forcing us to live up to our joking promise of singing the lyrics to our theme to the podcast this week, uh, in which Rob and I did what you just heard coming into it. And, uh, of course our little (laughs) Rob, the little shout out to Rob too, for doing our, uh, our spoiler alert for this week as well. Uh, and I, I'm very sorry that any of you had to hear that. Neither of the songs that I, I chose are in my range at all. I'm very much a bass and, uh, (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't work too well for me, so I apologize that you had to suffer through that. Well, you only had, they only have to deal with it this week until they decide to do another musical episode next year or something. So, And then uh, screw the then we just, no. Yeah, I was just, then we can just uh, rehash the same one that we have recorded, so That's we don't true. have to do it again. That's true. We really could. I better save it then. There you go. Save it for later. Uh, but let's talk about the shows going into the DC uh, bullet points of this week where we give each of the shows our one of three point ranking of super, uh, sidekick, hero, or legend. And we'll start first. We're going to go in order of the shows for the for the bullet points. But when we talk about the um, <clears throat> the breakdowns, we're going to change the order a little bit. Uh, but starting off first, uh, Supergirl Season 2, Episode 16, uh, titled Starcrossed. Uh, we'll start with our guest this week. Brian, we'll start with you. Um, sidekick hero or legend on this one? Oh, uh, I was supposed to watch Supergirl. Oh, you didn't watch Supergirl either? <laughs> no, no, I, 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 I totally, my knowledge of Supergirl is, um, the little recap at the beginning of Flash. I thought that there wasn't a new one. Oh, okay. All right. So I apologize. No, it's fine. It, it actually, <laughs> wonderful start. yeah, it actually didn't have much with the exception of maybe the last minute, uh, was compl- something completely different. Darren Chris showed up, his eyes flashed. It was very effective. That was pretty much it. Cool. <laughs> uh, so I take it, Kelly, did you watch Supergirl? I did not. I did not know that it was required. All right. No, it's it's perfectly <laughs> fine. Trust me. Well, well Rob right, and I... Also... That this is what's required. It's like, awesome. <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, <laughs> Rob, how about you? Uh, I'm going to give it a... Uh, I'm going to give it a hero. Originally, I was thinking maybe I'll go legend, but... Uh... I, you know, aside from the stuff that they did with Monel this week, um, I wanted a more of a tie to the musical crossover, and the windshot storyline was kind of eh, whatever. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go legend on this one. I actually really liked it, and it's more because of what they did with Monel and his family ties. And of course, we got to see more of Terry Hatcher and Kevin Sorbo, which we'll talk about a little bit later oh, as well. Nineties, oh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Bringing back a bunch of the. Uh, the people from like the 80s and 90s shows like we've seen Dean Kane, Terry Hatcher, Kevin Sorbo, 
So yeah, we're at Wizard. We were at Wizard World Cleveland last week, and we kept passing by Dean Kane, and it was just weird. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, there's, oh, there's Dean Kane just chilling out over there. All right. Well, he's predominant again, so it, uh, yeah. at least in the spotlight a little bit. Uh, but next up, we have The Flash, Season 3, Episode 17. Brian and Kelly, we know you guys watch this one. So, Brian, uh, sidekick hero or legend on this one? I will go uh, hero on this one. Uh, Kelly, how about you? I want to get... Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, I would go hero as well, except for the ending, and then it drops it down to sidekick because... He's too good for her. I'm sorry. Oh, God. This is going to be a fun discussion. I'm glad we're saving Flash for last. Uh, Rob, how about you? I'm going to give this one a legend. Uh, I was a little bummed there was not as much music as I was hoping for. That's but, why um, I'm hero. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I was expecting more original songs, personally. I was expecting um, more songs. Yeah, so, I mean, I, that does take a couple points off, but uh, I, I, I absolutely adored it. I mean, uh, just being a, being able to hear as many of the cast members getting a chance to, you know, flex their pipes was pretty awesome, so. Yeah, I'm, I'm going legend on this one as well. I've, uh, I've watched this episode probably about four times already since it aired, which is a lot, uh, especially considering my girlfriend does not watch The Flash, and I've been with her for like three days. So I, I've been able to sneak it in like at least three or four times since it first aired. Uh, next up, we have Legends of Tomorrow, Season 2, Episode 15. Uh, Rob, we'll start with you on this one. I'm going Legend on this one as well. Uh, this was this is becoming a nice culmination, and next week is the penultimate episode of the season. Um, but I love the, uh, the little bit of betrayal that happened in this episode. I actually didn't see that one coming. So um, it was a nice little twist. But, yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing where this goes. Okay. Uh, Brian and Kelly, did you watch this one? I, I, I watched this okay. one. I actually right. fell asleep. But, I did. I did. <laughs> but I'm, I'm going to I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to go hero, but uh, a minor legend entirely for the fact that we got some rogues action, which is all I look for in legends. <laughs> okay. Uh, Kelly, how about you? I fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it's like when we did rewatch it, I had been up uh, uh, like over 24 hours at that point. So it was kind of like I, I couldn't stay awake anymore. <laughs> Uh, so what did you, so do you not have a ranking for it or? Um, the first probably what what first, I watched like first five five ten five, minutes five ten minutes <laughs> I you know I saw let's see I saw the opener um I, I would say hero just the opener <laughs> all right <laughs> and they, those were some good credits <laughs> uh, I I'm gonna go legend on this one as well I thought this one was uh, I I think this show is really gearing up to something that's I think going to be pretty special for the finale so I'm uh. I'm looking forward to it. I'm very excited that we got to see a particular character come back that we've been waiting for him to come back for pretty much the entire season. We've been finally waiting for him, at least in the physical sense, to appear. So I'm excited that, that we finally got him. And last but not oh, I least. I like the jelly beans. That's what I like. That was a good part, too. That was a lot of fun. So that's about as far as I saw. We're up to the jelly so, beans. <laughs> so credits get a hero. Jelly beans get a legend. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, and... Yeah. yeah. Uh, and last up, we have Arrow, Season 5, Episode 17. Brian, we'll skip you. Uh, <laughs> uh And Kelly, I assume you don't watch this one anymore as well. No, I watched it 
a long time ago. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think from the last time we talked to you guys, uh, we we kind of got your feelings on on Arrow. So, but uh, but Rob, how about you? Uh, this is getting a legend for me as well this week. Um, like I said, the last like I said a couple last few seasons, I have not been a fan of the show. This season has completely turned it around, and what we got from the interrogation episode, the bottle episode, for the most part, uh, I think it was pretty awesome. I think they did a really good job of making Prometheus kind of terrifying. So. Yeah, I, I think uh, this is one of those situations. Was in this? Yeah, I watched the episode, and Prometheus was in this. <laughs> Prometheus has been in for a while now. Man, uh, he's yeah, one of he... my favorite characters in the comics. How did I not notice he was in it? <laughs> is, is he is he young Merlin? No, no it's, um, it's actually Adrian Chase, the guy that was like had Ollie locked up. He is Prometheus okay. in this. So. Okay. So I'm sure goofy, if he doesn't have a goofy looking helmet and mini discs, I just don't know anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, they they took their own version of Prometheus, uh, no, uh, no. which they already had three to choose from in DC, yes. and uh, they're like, let's just make a fourth. You know. But you know what though? I mean, given the writer's credit, like it definitely pulled the wool over the viewers' eyes when you know we were going the whole time. You know, like oh, Adrian Chase is vigilante, but who is Prometheus? And then they completely turned it around and gave us that twist a couple weeks ago, where you know Adrian Chase is revealed as Prometheus, and the next question, like the first thing out of our mind after holy shit was, so who the hell is Prometheus or is vigilante? So that's now the big mystery of the show. But I, I'm going, I'm going legend on this one as well, and I'm gonna reflect something that some of our listeners have said and that is there a ranking higher than legend because man i think this is probably my favorite episode of the season <laughs> i'm dead serious and brian's is like oh i'm definitely not watching the rest of the season <laughs> <laughs> so um in context of the rest of the season it would have meant more to me <laughs> <laughs> should we do a a bullet point for the for the trailer um, um yeah, I guess we could. If, if, I would assume you guys have watched the Justice League trailer watched, at this point. Yeah, yeah uh, might as well. Watch that than Supergirl, apparently. So. <laughs> do we want to do a bullet point, or do we just want to talk about it real quick before um, we jump into the the Secret Origins, or do know, we want to wait until after Secret Origins? It doesn't matter. You, you go. You do you. All right. You know so. what? We'll wait until after Secret Origins. Let's talk about the shows first, and then we'll we'll talk about the trailer before we go into our uh, our recommendations and such. But let's jump backwards. Actually, we're going to start with Arrow, which is the one we just ended with. So uh, Brian and Kelly, you guys can kind of take a break. And yeah, I, I kind of yeah, I kind of gave up on Arrow around about the time that the whole Felicity thing started, or like actual dating Felicity happened. Yeah, yeah I think that's when I gave up on it too. Yeah, and so we it's it's just unless they show up in a crossover, you know. I don't really know what's going on with them anymore. And and you like know what? Wild, Wild Dog is there, Mr. Terrific, apparently. Yep. <laughs> you know. And there's a new canary again. Man, how many canaries are there? Uh, that's four. Is this off-white but not quite beige canary? <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah. I believe this is four, yeah. And, uh, I th- I don't, and it's not going to be the last one. No, probably not. So, so I actually wrote a, another song that I did not record yet that is basically making fun of that point. So <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll record that this afternoon before we post this. So it's a wait and see. Uh, so. But yeah, season five, episode 17, titled Capuchin. I think that's how it's pronounced. Uh, Prometheus goes to extreme lengths. better monkeys out there. <laughs> <laughs> that's the first thing I thought, too, when I read the title of the episode. Uh, Prometheus goes to extreme lengths to destroy Oliver. In flashbacks, Oliver's violent tendencies come to a head in a confrontation with Anatoly. Uh, what was that? 
I didn't even hear what he said. I really didn't. And and his wig. <laughs> That's true. Love he's, that flashback wig. He's been on like Instagram and and Facebook quite a bit, like more so on Instagram, like in that wig, just doing a bunch of like stuff behind the scenes and everything. So it's uh, it's been fun to watch him do that. But you're right, the wig is totally horrible. <laughs> it's, it's so it's bad. charming. It's charming in my opinion. But... <laughs> so, uh, but you know, jumping into the episode a little bit too, uh, we got to see Dolph Lundgren return again as uh, Konstantin Kovar, and uh, the final time as seeing Dolph Lundgren as Con- as Konstantin Kovar since uh, Oliver pretty much murdered him. Uh, except for the very end when he wakes. Oh, back that's up again. right. He does. Oh, damn it. See, I should do my own research. Yeah, see, oh, you know, team can't die, can he? <laughs> <laughs> that's true well it's a different Constantine oh okay yeah, it's not, not 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 a trench coat Constantine yeah it's not Matt I, Ryan Constantine this is Constantine with a K because he's Russian oh okay yeah but um, uh, very interesting it's not, it's, not, it's not Kermit with a mole on his face oh my god I never thought we would get a Muppets most wanted reference in this podcast oh, that's the only thing you'll get out of me <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. I think that's my line of the week. Screw the shows. <laughs> the Kermit with a mole. Um, but yeah, we got some more intense stuff coming out of the flashbacks this week. We've we've made mention of it before, too, that the flashbacks have really suffered uh, over the past couple seasons. But this year have been really strong. Like, I've actually enjoyed a lot of the flashbacks, seeing a lot of this stuff in, its, in Russia. And I think it's because we're now getting to that point where... I mean, we're episode 17. We've got, like, what, five or six episodes left before this season is over. And we we pretty much have to be getting to the point that these flashbacks are going to be wrapping up because we, we do know that he's uh, – he eventually has to make his way down, you know, down that path behind the house back to the island. And yeah. – because that's where, you know, the flashback started, and we know that at the end of season five, that's where they're going to end, and everything's going to wrap up with the flashbacks at the end of the season. So there's only a couple more episodes before he somehow has to get from Russia back to the island. Making it sound like Lost at this point. Yeah, yeah. kind of. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> we got to go back. I know, I would like flashbacks. to. <laughs> Let's get a flash forward in there as well. Well, they have said that that might be a possibility. We could see flash forwards in the upcoming seasons. Uh... <laughs> Not as interesting as Lost right now to me. Lost is very good until the end. Hey, I liked Lost the whole time, but that's another podcast. (laughs) Um, Rob and I have had discussions about that quite a bit. I tease him all the time. Yes. So, but, you know, we have to, eventually these these flashbacks do have to wrap up and we are going to see it. But, um, you know, a different sign of Oliver we're we're starting to see that Oliver that we knew from the from season one, you know, the the guy that wasn't afraid to kill, and we're now seeing that side of him come out and develop. So it's it they're getting close to bookending this entire thing, which I'm actually enjoying. But at the same time, though, it's kind of like that flashbacks kind of tied nicely with the plot that's happening currently with Prometheus with Ollie being locked up. Obviously, uh, Adrian's the big push this week is to get the truth out of Ali as far as what his big secret is, which is pretty clear within the first few minutes of the episode. Uh, but just hearing Ali just be like, nope, I really enjoy killing. And I'm like, really? We couldn't tell in the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, so, like I said, it was nice to see that they finally kind of addressed that. But um, but yeah, I think the whole breakdown, too, is seeing um, Evelyn in there. Uh, so, you know, for you guys... Uh, since you are not as familiar with it, uh, Evelyn, the girl that was in there kind of purely for the idea of trying to set up Ollie to kill him, 
Uh, that actually is Artemis from Young Justice. So. Oh, well then. Mm-hmm. So she has turned on the team uh, early, fairly early on in the season, and uh, she has been MIA for, I would say, almost half of the season at this point. So, But uh, we did see her uh, align herself with Prometheus. So. And it was well, that, almost... yeah, that is, I think there's, I think the only arrow based hero left for them to show up on this show is uh, Arrowette at this point. <laughs> Oof! Wait, there was from, an Arrowette from the comic Young Justice. Oh, jeez! Yeah. <clears throat> so, but I mean, it was it was interesting to see the use of Artemis in that sense too. It was almost like a Saul moment where, you know, we saw you know Adrian Chase pretend to snap her neck and. Uh, you know, just drop her to the ground, and I mean, let's face it, we knew Artemis was not dead, and, and if at least I kind of had a feeling she was not dead, and it was all part of the ploy, just because of how sinister and and mean Adrian Chase was. You know, Prometheus has been. So, Rob, did you have that sense that she was dead, or did you think she was alive? I thought she was dead. I mean, like just the week before, we saw him kill his wife. So I wouldn't have been surprised if he did kill Evelyn. So he seems like he is under you know his own kind of code at this point and he's going to do whatever the hell he wants to do uh you know just be as sinister as humanly possible and i really thought that that was what the case was but uh the fact that evelyn's still alive and kicking it uh i think it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out in the next couple of weeks we didn't see any any really um bits of italia this week and now that we know that constantine's still alive it makes me wonder if constantine kovar uh is actually the big bad of this season and not prometheus so I didn't think about that. Uh, and I'm kind of wondering, because we know Anatoly traditionally is KG Beast, and um, my guess is maybe in the Arrowverse continuity, he isn't, and it's going to be Constantine Kovar instead. So uh, I think that's maybe some of the ways that they're tying all of this stuff together. Because they, they love playing around with how they're doing certain things to kind of change viewer expectations. And we haven't seen that version of Anatoly yet, so I wouldn't be surprised if that's how they're going to go. Do you think that Constantine Kovar and Prometheus are working together at this point? Yeah, I think Constantine's the one that's pulling the strings in this. Talia's working for him, Prometheus is working for him, and then Evelyn is working for Prometheus and probably has no idea the rest of the ploy at this point. It would be a good... Constantine, space bar, space bar, space bar, Prometheus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it would be a good turn of events. I mean, it would almost kind of bring, in in a great sense, it would bring the flashbacks to real life back together and really truly bookend this entire five-year journey that he's been making in the flashbacks. So yeah, I, I think it would work really kind of wonders at this point. And I, my hope is if there are flash forwards, we see a little bit more of Connor Hawk in the future uh, and then just kind of go from there. And but yeah, I, I think maybe uh, just no a... flashbacks. <laughs> well, that could work too. Be fun. Yeah, <laughs> I'd be interested to see just a, a continual, pro, you know, a, a steady progression of time in Arrow. Well, I mean, other might than be enough, just check it back out again. <laughs> other than flashbacks, though, of of Oliver. I mean, we did get an episode where one of the flash the flashbacks of the episode were all about Wild Dog and seeing his past. And there's still more about his past that hasn't been revealed yet. Um. I wouldn't mind it if the flashbacks were sporadic, not every episode going into season six, but we did get flashbacks, but they were of other people. Like, I'd love to see more of Curtis and, you know, Curtis and Paul working for Palmer Tech. We've gotten enough of Felicity. We don't need any Felicity flashbacks at all. Um, You know, but maybe some Artemis flashbacks if she does survive it. Um, You know, some... uh... At any point, did she fight a big giant metal spider? No, no, not yet. I'm still disappointed. (laughs) I tell you, 
Um, but what's um, the new canary? Uh, Dinah Drake. Dinah Drake, so. yeah. So, um, you know, maybe some Dinah Drake flashbacks. So it, it, it's it, there's definitely other things that they could do with the flashbacks going into next season that I would enjoy more. Because I don't think there's anything else you can do with Oliver flashbacks at this point. No. I really hope they don't try to. Um, I think it, we, we have said all we needed to say for the last five years. Unless they're like, this is Ollie at the age of 12. And it's just, you know, going off of this now, it's like, oh, he likes to kill people. And it's just him pulling wings off of flies for like an entire flashback season. And that's it. Yeah. <sighs> I, I really hope they just, they, they don't need to go further back at this point. So Unless he wants to get into some real Key and P level wig work. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Hey, you know what? If we get a sequel to Keanu starting starring uh, Stephen Amell, you know, there you go. <laughs> yes, yes. I know. Um, with with uh, with oh my god, um, um, Jesus, uh, and Words. with Constantine, yeah, uh, Dolph Lundgren. My mind went completely blank for a second. Uh, with Dolph Lundgren still being alive, and you know, Constantine Kovar still being being a possibility of being the big bad, I will not be satisfied until we see Oliver versus Constantine, and Constantine uses the words "I will crush you." Yeah, that no, would be nice. No Rocky Four fans in in the room. Okay, thanks. I thought it was break. <laughs> I'd be wrong. Oh, is it break you? Uh, maybe. Okay, oh, so maybe I'm wrong. It's been a long, long time since I've seen it. I watched I know, it. Yeah. I, I know. I know. Uh, I know. Uh, Clever Lang's prediction was pain, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. So, um, anything else worth uh, Rob that you found interesting about this episode that we haven't brought up, um, other than the very end, how the episode ends, because that's uh, that, that's of key importance going into the future of this season. Uh, just the fact that they tied Malcolm Merlin now into the flashbacks for the very first time was kind of interesting to see. Uh, the fact that they were now in Russia at the same point in the same time. It's just kind of two ships passing in the night, and they're just kind of like, nope, totally missed you. So Yeah. Uh, and, and made me realize something, too. Like, we knew going into this season of all the shows that, you know, um, that you know, Barrowman had signed a contract that got him on all four of the shows. I don't think we've seen him appear on Supergirl yet, have we? Uh, we haven't. Uh, I guess, you know, if they did record some stuff for the musical, maybe there was meant to be some additional scenes that kind of introduced the fact that Cisco's there and a couple other people. But um, I think that's the closest we probably would have got. Okay. Because, I mean, at this point, we've seen him on The Flash. We've seen him on Arrow. We've seen him on Legends, obviously. So we've seen him on three out of the four shows. But it's – and I think didn't um, didn't Wentworth Miller sign a similar contract? He did. And but we we've seen him now on – We've seen him on Flash, and we've seen him on Legends. So Yeah. So, But eh, it'll be interesting. But, you know, when the f- episode finally wraps up, we do see Oliver walking back into the Arrow Cave, drop the uniform, and say, I'm done. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. So he is, I think for the first time, truly broken. He is ready to just hang up the cowl and the hood and just – not the cowl. Uh, he's ready to hang up the hood. He's done. Uh, you know, my my hope now is we the next episode. I'm just going to bring this to musicals for a second. Uh, you know, we we go ahead six months, and he's kind of become gallivant, and he's just drunk and just chilling, <laughs> eating way too much food. <laughs> and they have to get him back into fighting shape, and we can just montage for the rest of the season. So. <laughs> I loved uh, that show. I want season three so bad, I, and it will never happen. It's unfortunate. I understand. I understand why it was canceled, but the highs of that show were so high. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Secret uh, mission. Tad Tim- Cooper. Tim- Timothy Omenson needs to show up on one of these shows. He's like in the perfect range for one of these things. Well, he was on Supernatural for a while, so maybe CW will find a way to pull him back into something else. So, 
It's a wait and see. Yeah, that's Bring true. Back this dragon that they never pulled off the joke with. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, it's Tad Cooper. Well, Not we with Tad Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, next week's episode, um, very well titled Disbanded, because the team is going to be broken apart at this point. Uh, and it looks like Oliver's going to be uh, asking the Bratva in help for taking down Prometheus, because he, again, he's broken. He doesn't feel like he can do it on his own. So. Uh, let's move on to the show so we can get Brian and Kelly into the conversation a little bit more. Uh, next episode we're going to talk about this week is Legends of Tomorrow, Season 2, Episode 15, titled Fellowship of the Spear. Uh, the Legends land in France during World War One and enlist the aid of J.R.R. Tolkien to receive the last pieces of the Spear of Destiny from the Legion of Doom. This was so beautifully dorky. I mean, <laughs> it, it really was. So, I mean, we got to see, as we mentioned before, <clears throat> uh, you know, Damian Dark, Malcolm Merlin. Uh, I don't think we got Malcolm much. Dark. <laughs> <laughs> Did we get much of Matt Letcher this week? I don't think we got a lot. I no, think... we only got him in the computer terminal at the beginning when uh, there was the jelly bean incident. So Yeah, yeah, because we know that he is at the... Um... Uh, vanishing point. The vanishing point. So while, meanwhile, Malcolm Merlin and uh, Damian Dark are, you know, traveling time, getting the rest of the pieces of the spear. So what do we want to do first? Do we want to talk to, you know, talk about the France or do we want to start with the vanishing point? Uh, might, as well, you know, might as well just go in order. Um, so obviously this is the first time we found that the Legion of Doom is using the remains of uh, the base of the vanishing point to... Uh, plot their evil schemes so next season it will crash land somewhere in earth and fall into a swamp so we can continue <laughs> that and it could be traditional legion of doom um <laughs> that is my only hope at this point now because the fact that we know <laughs> that they have a base the money on grad cgi they can they can shell out for a legion of doom slowly rising out of the uh swamp there <laughs> i that's 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 the only hope at this point because the fact that they have that base now man i just want to see that kind of change a little bit but we got the so Hall of Justice, so... Yeah, yeah, we did get the Hall of Justice. Give us the Legion of Doom. <clears throat> so, but yeah, we find out that, you know, as, as Robin mentioned, you know, the their their base of operations is the Vanishing Point, which we get a lot of flashbacks to Snart and his sacrifice at the end of Season 1. And we got to see what was Kelly's... Uh, the, the final moment that she got to see of this episode, which was the, uh, the Jelly Bean incident, as yeah. we're going to call it. So in which they uh, they find out where the final piece of the Spear of Destiny is, and it is in a, I guess I it's... Jelly beans. Yeah, <laughs> a pile of <laughs> jelly beans. Man, I would love to have that ability. Me too. Me too. Except mine would be Skittles. It would have to be a snip, but the jelly beans would have to be like Starburst jelly beans, like the red ones, you know. Yes, the all red bag. Yes, yeah, the all red. red. <laughs> See, I'd go more Jelly Belly, like popcorn, buttered popcorn. Oh, see, that is where we agree because I think that I don't think it tastes anything like buttered popcorn. But, but man, whatever that flavor is, I love it. <laughs> I don't know. This is completely off topic, but I don't know if you guys have ever had the Jelly Belly on, beer. Jeff, the Jelly Belly beer flavored jelly beans. No, I've never, never oh, touched that one. They taste like Miller Lite, and I hate Miller Lite, but it was really interesting eating a beer flavored jelly bean. <laughs> I my brain. Anytime I hear jelly beans, I kind of go into shock a little bit because the last time was the, oh! the mystery. <laughs> The mystery batch box. That, the bean boozled jelly beans. Oh, oh you, oh, you no. poor fool. Oh, no. That's not <sighs> no, nice. We did that on a podcast, and it was every, I think every segment that we changed, we all had to go through that nightmare. <sighs> hey, I, I, get skunked? Uh, I don't think anybody got skunked, but I know some people oh, got, uh, 
like canned go, dog go, food. Go on, go on the Amazon reviews and, and read about people getting skunked, and it is the most <laughs> beautiful Schadenfreude you've ever heard. <laughs> hey, Rob, I still have those jelly beans left if you ever want to do a part two. Nope, I'm good. All right. <laughs> Might as well chuck them. I don't think we're ever going to get to talk about them again. Uh, all right, anyway, back to, <laughs> back to the subject <laughs> at hand. Um, but yeah, I mean, we got to see Wentworth Miller finally return to this and not in Mick's head, which I thought was really, uh, about time to be honest. I'm, I'm glad yeah, that when, we, he punched, when he punched them, that was a nice little reveal. Yeah. Yeah. Does this feel like it's in your head or, or I forget what exactly the line is. So, um, but yeah, it, it definitely a very fun episode, especially because out of all the people in history that we've gotten, uh, we get J.R.R. Tolkien this time. Yeah, and I really want to go back, re-edit the episode, and just have a little, like, ticker on the bottom of any time any connection to The Hobbit or Lord of the Rings is made. Because yeah. this was even more prevalent than the George Lucas episode. So, but well, yeah, no, yeah. I just, everything about this was so much fun, though, this week. Every time that they play with one of these, like, historical characters that has got deep ties to geek culture, it's just so much fun. And, I mean, like, the writers have been, like, really just playing with this so much this season and just really enjoy it. Like I said, we say it every week. This show is reminds me of the height of Doctor Who, like when it was kind of really just all about having fun each and every week where it didn't feel as over the top and stretched out and kind of, you know, where it's kind of fallen right now. But it was everything about this has just been a blast. I'm 99% sure that they constantly refer to Heatwave as Rory just specifically because they want Rip Hunter to yell Rory. They want Rory to yell Rory at a guy named Rory. <laughs> like, entirely to confuse me while I'm watching it. Yeah, it's it's done that to us a couple times now, where it's it was impossible to call Rip not, like, not call Rip Rory. I mean, it's, it, it, that it was the biggest struggles of the early days of this show. I think I still do it from time to time. <laughs> because you're, cause you're right. I keep calling him Mr. Rory. I'm like, why would you do that? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Brian, what were some of your favorite moments from this episode? Because again, um, there were there were a lot. The genuinely dorky stuff of all of the just blatant ham fisted Lord of the Rings references, um, <laughs> uh, and there is nothing I love more than the bizarre vocal affectations of Heatwave and Captain Cold. <laughs> like honestly, there there were there were endings of our old podcast where me and Sean would just talk like Wentworth Miller at each other. <laughs> like not, not never never recorded, but we would just sit there and do that, and you know, I do totally, my the, I, the weird gravelly heat wave. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bore you with it now, but it, <laughs> it, it, it's a fun thing for me, you know. I totally, Rob. I totally want to do that now. I want to do a week where we just like we just we talk just kind of like this the entire time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure you want Mick. to, yeah, I, you know. <laughs> Uh, I think we would lose the, the, the remaining subscribers we have <laughs> in a single episode. I think it's humanly possible. I don't know. We didn't lose any podcast listeners when Brian did his um, Michael Caine impressions. So, <laughs> I'm just saying. And those were terrible. Was, um, I to live with them. <laughs> remind me, if I, remind me and, and correct me if I'm wrong, was, was Leonard Snart always that gray in his hair? Uh, I, 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 I don't. I think you see signs of it early on, but I think it's just it's just time now at this point. Um, it, it's kind of like when you saw Barryman on his fiftieth birthday, and you're like, "Oh, holy crap!" 
So. Yeah, because it, it, it kind of shocked me a little bit. Not really shocked me, but like kind of sh- surprised me a little bit when I saw him. And I was like, wow, I don't remember Captain Cold being that gray. And maybe it's just frost. That's all it is. Yeah. yeah if, if it fits the character and, you know, it's a, he, he's like, I don't need to I, I don't need to die. This I'm, I'm a cold guy. Just say it's ice, you know. <laughs> It'd be a little weird if you like they go in the Legion of Doom headquarters and he's just using just for men, you know, touching up in the mirror, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know, if we... one shows up, I've got this great wig. If you want to wear, it. it's like no, 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 I'm cool. I'm <laughs> Uh, but, you know, by the end of the episode, we do see that the spear is finally complete. All of the pieces have been put together. And it's one of those situations where it, it's almost it is very much Lord of the Rings in that the spear is temptation, kind of like the ring of power was in Lord of the Rings. And, you know, it's the rest of the team trying to fight that urge to to use the spear for the power that it has. And unfortunately, by the end of the episode, it looks like one of the team has fallen to that temptation. Yeah, I was kind of curious if it was going to be Amaya or Mick, but it, it did make a lot of sense. And I love the fact that they actually really kind of took the last, you know, last season and this season and kind of showed that Mick was really resentful of of the way he's been treated. And the fact that it kind of culminated into this moment was kind of awesome. Like the fact that it was built up that way, I think it was really well done. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out over the next two episodes. Is Mick really, you know... Has he changed sides and gone back to, you know, rejoined the rogues in a sense, as as Brian had mentioned, you know, getting a lot of rogues action out of this week. And, you know, is he back with Leonard and is he back to being a villain again? Is he part of the Legion of Doom or is he playing a long game? I mean, we don't really know at this point. So I've got to get just in case we're about to wrap things up. I've got to point out when he's tried to set the uh, spear on fire. I laughed so hard. <laughs> just, just, just his nonchalant. Yeah, I'm just gonna set this on fire. It's what I do. I'm heat wave. Come on. I love that. And then the fact that that wound up being like, wait, that's kind of like Lord of the Rings. Yeah. That's kind. Of, that's kind of. That's kind of cheesy. And then the fact that it was supposed to be a lead up to start all the Lord of the Rings references. Like, oh, I see what you did there. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. A secret that only fire can tell. And as soon as they said that, I'm like, oh dear God, I, why didn't I not see that coming? <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, I loved it. I, I you know we've been totally speculating the last couple of weeks on the people that are going to leave the ship because they said they're totally willing to change up the cast season to season. Uh, you know, obviously the Hawks going away at the end of season one was a boon to the show. And the one person I think we hoped that wouldn't leave was originally Captain Cold or Heatwave. I have a high suspicion at this point. Maybe that's exactly what's going to happen at the end of the season. So. Any any predictions on your part, Brian, on who you think might end up leaving and who is going to stay at this point? Um, maybe not Colossus. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I kind of have my suspicions as to who I think might might be the ones leaving. Uh, we're kind of saving ours for when we do the the annual of the season, but um, I don't know. It's it's constantly changing for me. I mean, like you said, Rob, too, like it, it almost makes me lead uh, leads me to believe that there's a possibility that Rob, uh, Rob, you are Rob, uh, that Mick and um, and Leonard could be the ones leaving this time. Yeah. And obviously now we're one step really closer for the Flash show to actually have the true traditional rogues. We now have three of them together uh, with Reverse Flash. Week. Yeah. Reverse Flash and, you know, Captain Cold and Heatwave now all pulled together. So. Uh, we're one step very much closer to seeing that come to fruition. And that would be amazing if that's the villain in the flash next season is just the rogues. Uh, that would be kind of amazing. So, yeah. Um, 
next it looks like next week we're going to be going into doom world the legion of doom rewrites history after obtaining the spear finally which we do get to see at the end of the episode in that thanks to malcolm merlin uh, speaking the word speaking the incantation uh it looks like shit's about to go down now so we're getting two episodes that i think are probably going to be a lot of fun and probably pretty packed full of stuff because if there's one thing we haven't gotten enough of on these DCCW shows, it's actors playing slightly different versions of their characters. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to get into that a little bit with the Flash musical, too. So, <laughs> <laughs> little prediction of the future for the rest of the podcast. There's this issue. But anything else worth noting from Legends before we move on to uh, Supergirl? I kind of miss uh, a physical embodiment of Gideon already, even though she was only in one episode. <laughs> so I kind of hope they do, they do it again. But um, Amy Pemberton no. coming back. Yeah, that would be fantastic. But no, it was. I, I think it was great. Uh, one thing we got to say is Firestorm was finally Firestorm again on the show. That's so, true. Hey, we've been talking about that and complaining about that for weeks now, that you're like, your most powerful heavy hitter on the ship has not been his like, actually his superpower version of himself for most of the season. And what did he do? Jelly beans. That hey. was his big moment. But it was a great moment. It's, it's it hard. Was. Yes, it's hard to pull off Firestorm. He's got. He, it's the. It's the. The super. Everyone gripes about Superman being too powerful. Firestorm might actually be too powerful. <laughs> <laughs> Although, have, have you guys seen the new Justice League action cartoon? I love that show. That might be the best version of Firestorm I've ever seen. Yeah, <laughs> it's. Uh, it's, it's it, it's Brave and the Bold, basically, part two. It's yeah. just wonderful. I wonder if that means that Firestorm is going to be especially more powerful, too, in Injustice 2. Uh, maybe. So, so see. Or they'll tone down his powers a little bit for the game to kind of make him equal opportunity. But, I mean, I kind of equate Firestorm in the DC world to Vision in the Marvel Universe. Like, I mean... The most crying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I mean, like, you know, you look at the, the abilities that Vision has, and there's really only one person in the entire group during Civil War that could even put him in his place, and that was Scarlet Witch. Yeah. You know, everybody else he would he would destroy. Yeah, MCU-wise, yeah, he's a, he's a bit, doesn't quite fit in with everybody. <laughs> yes, pretty much. Uh, all right, I, I feel so bad for... He's rocket turtleneck, though, man. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. Uh, this is why I love having you guys on because it goes everywhere. And I love it. Uh, I feel bad for Kelly because Kelly really – we haven't talked about a show yet that Kelly has watched all the way through yet at this point. We'll get there. Yeah. Because now, now we're going into Supergirl and I know you haven't watched that as well. And, Brian, I know you haven't watched it either. Yeah. So, but uh, Supergirl season two, episode sixteen, titled "Starcrossed." Supergirl goes on high alert when a new villain comes to National City. Meanwhile, Wynn's new girlfriend Lyra gets him in trouble with the law, and the Music Meister attacks. So, uh, Rob, you and I can push through this probably pretty quick because there's there's a couple things that do happen. Obviously, we'll inject a lot of stupid comments if you want. That's no, that's fine. That's perfectly fine. Uh, we would expect nothing less as we're talking about this. Uh, but you know, other than the fact that we did get a big, we did get the big secret as to Monel's past, which is actually something that you predicted last week, and I kind of turned away. Uh, you know, because you had said that we were we got the introduction of Terry Hatcher and Kevin Sorbo's character coming into it at the very end of the episode, and you had mentioned, well, maybe they're Monel's parents, and I had said, well, probably not because Monel was the guard of the prince and. My, you know, um, Terry Hatcher and Kevin Sorbo's characters are royalty. So 
how could they possibly be his parents? But, you know, as we find out in this episode, Monel was really the prince and not the bodyguard. Yeah. So it was a nice little twist. And uh, like I said, it was nice to see Kevin Sorbo and Terry Hatcher on the show. I think they fit in really nicely. So I'm really looking forward to seeing where this goes. Uh, it's funny, though, too. Like, for the most part, when you look at the two of them, they really ha- don't look like they have aged that much. Uh, Kevin Sorbo very specifically. I mean, he still kind of just looks like Hercules at this point. <laughs> he, he really does. Um, Terry Hatcher, on the other hand, it's amazing what makeup can do. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, because well, I mean, like I said. If you, if know, you saw her on Desperate Housewives, she's aged. I, I think it's just the funny thing is now we have the two leads of the Lois and Clark adventures, you know, are both on this show actively at this time. And that's something I never thought I'd say at the beginning of this season. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you're right. And, you know, Terry Hatcher has returned from Lois and Clark. We've got Dean Kane as Jeremiah Danvers, uh, you know, and we've we've gotten a number of other people from former versions of either Superman or Supergirl at the same time. And I love it when the D- DC shows bring back people from the past. You know, it, yeah. they pay a lot of loyalty to the people that have worked for them in the past. And I, I really enjoy the fact that they do that. You know, even, ju- you know, going as far as like John Wesley Ship as, you know, as Henry Allen on The Flash. It's just it's and and who was um, in, in Flashpoint on The Flash? We got uh, the former partner of uh, Barry Allen uh, come back as one of the lead detectives as, you know, on The Force. So I, I love it when they pay homage and they bring back these former actors. Yeah, you know, it's been something kind of special, the fact that they continuously just do it. But now everybody's just waiting for the Jeremiah Danvers, Queen Rhea sequence just to happen just so we can see Lois and Clark on screen together again. So I hope they find a way to make it work. I'm sure knowing them, they're going to do it. If they'll do it just for the fans. Oh, yeah, I guarantee it. So even if it's just Um, like a kind of split second thing. Yeah, Uh, but I got to say, you know, one of the big plots this week was, you know, before we go into the Monel stuff. Was uh, wa- like watching Wynn deal with uh, his alien girlfriend uh, being an art thief, um, and I gotta say, when they're trying to track the down that lead, come to America to steal our art. <laughs> they actually even make a joke. It's like, well, it's nice to see that Picasso was loved throughout the galaxy. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I gotta say, my line of the week definitely comes from this moment when they're trying to shake down leads at the the alien bar, trying to track down Lyra, which is. Uh, you know, hey, you know, this information is going to cost you. I was like, well, what's it going to cost us? He's like, Hamilton tickets, yeah. orchestra. And they're like, well, we're screwed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's funny, too, because we saw a mutual friend of ours, Rob, post on Facebook, like, oh, my God, they made a they made a Hamilton reference. I'm like, this is not the first time. Yeah, you know, we had the Mr. Mitzelflix episode a couple weeks ago where they full on went Alexander Hamilton and Burr in the duel. So, yeah. So it it it's been fun. There's been some cool references, but yeah, that you know what? That's probably like a good runner up for my line of the week, because uh, that was pretty funny when Win was like, "Oh, we're screwed." So, but yeah, um, I guess jumping into the Monel stuff as well. I, again, like it was a full episode, but going back and talking about it and breaking it down, it really doesn't feel like it was a lot. Now, this was all set up for the musical. It was kind of last week's episode of The Flash and this were just set up points to break up the characters prior to the musical to fix that. And we'll deal with that in the musical discussion. So, yeah, because yeah, we got a lot of that out of The Flash, too. It seems like there's definitely been some points that we were kind of questioning in The Flash. Like, why did you go this way? Why are you doing this? And then 
at by the end of the musical episode, it's like, ah, okay, now it makes sense. Yeah, if the so, musical episode didn't exist, these plot points probably and these those moments in those episodes would not have existed in this season. Yeah, I think we, I, we dumped a lot of money in the musical episode. We write that first, and we work backwards. Exactly. Yeah, and exactly. It does, it does almost seem like that's what they did. Uh, you know, with a couple of these episodes, it seems like they definitely worked backwards. And you know, we were getting a lot of good connection between Kara and Monel, and then all of a sudden, something happens and. You know, it was even something that we we did last. We're gonna our feelings at each other. Yeah, <laughs> it, and that's really what it is. It, like it came down to like last Worked week. So well for supernatural, we're gonna keep doing it. <laughs> well, oh, no, if that's the case, then the cast would be all split up for half of the season because they don't like each other, mm-hmm. and then then well, they're gonna talk about why they don't like each other every other scene. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's be real too. If this was super, nerd- once upon, we, we could also call that once upon a timing. But you know, that- <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no, no. We haven't talked about amnesia yet, so it's okay. <laughs> so, but yeah, but it, it is. If, but if this was supernatural, uh, Kara probably would have died like a couple times at this point, and somehow came back. You know, just like Sam and Dean are constantly dying and somehow finding a way to come back. Okay, so quick side question. Um, so is it? Like Monel, like related to Kara because you know last name very similar. Just you know, I don't, me not knowing. No, I think they're from completely different planets. Okay, because it's so like, he's still he's still Daxum. Yes. Daxum. Okay. Okay, because I was just like, um, that's kind of creepy dating your cousin. <laughs> <laughs> has, has he has he has he ever been stabbed by a pencil? Uh, saving that for the finale. <laughs> well, they had brought up the lead poisoning issue okay, at gotcha, one gotcha, point, gotcha. one point in time, but I don't think we've really seen that used heavily against him yet. Uh, there was a quick Cadmus moment this season where they mention it, but you, you didn't see it kind of follow through. But yeah, I'm kind of waiting for that moment myself. Okay, so it's, it's Chekhov's pencil at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> we're we're a little behind on Supergirl because I think we I think we lost the track of. Um, like we like it with the uh, the app, we watch it via the app. We're never at home when these shows are actually on. Nope. So I think so I think it's at the point where like we missed a few episodes and it fell off the app. So it's like, well, as soon as the season's over, it'll be on Netflix in like two weeks. So. Exactly. They did have her solar flare this season already, though. That didn't take Ooh. long for it existing in the comic books. So. That's fun. Yeah. So yeah, but well, it's like a mini solar flare. So. So um, I really before we go, jump into the end of the episode with Music Meister and setting up the Flash episode, was there really much of anything else in the episode that was worth talking about? I mean, we did see we did get to see a, um, you know, like you mentioned, Wynn's girlfriend, Lyra, being an art thief. And I don't know how, but somehow Starry Night ended up in, in their city. I mean, it is another Earth, so it, it could very well possibly be that's where Starry Night is. Um, so but I no. mean, it's it's what? I, I just think, I, I, aside from really that, there wasn't really much that happened. I mean, I think this hopefully means we won't be seeing much more of Alien Buffy Summers anytime soon on the show. So. <laughs> it's true. She does. It's not Buffy Summers, though. She looks like Darla from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah, she kind of does. It's it's exactly kind of like they're like, we have all these prosthetic molds left. Shave them down just a little bit. Nobody will know any different. So Yeah, exactly. So it, yeah, it's it's interesting to see because uh, now that character, yeah, I guess, is written off for uh, probably if probably for the rest of the season, I would think, if not forever. My guess is that's the case. So, so. and the actual Starry Night is at MoMA in uh, New York City. Just as a heads up. Oh uh, well, okay, uh, similar cities, but New York City and DC would probably be Metropolis. 
It's on loan from Metropolis. There you go. That's what they did. Yeah, it's (laughs) done and done. It's on the tour. So, uh, but you know, obviously, we find out at the end of the episode, we get to see you know the DEO bring in a guy that they just captured, uh, who I think was it said that he gave himself up. Yeah. I, okay, that's what I thought, and that person being Music Meister, played by Darren Chris, formerly of Glee, uh, which, I, in my opinion, like I would have much rather seen Neil Patrick Harris, but Darren Chris did, did do a great job as Music Meister. So, uh, but we see him escorted into the DEO. He breaks out of his cuffs and he puts the whammy on Kara, uh, putting her into the coma in which she is appears at the end of the episode in the musical. And from there, we move on to The Flash. Uh, season three, episode 17, titled Duet. The Music Meister sends Supergirl and The Flash to a world where life is a musical and the only way to escape is to sing and dance. So, where do we begin with this? Because this is something we've all watched. All four of us are on board for this one. So, this is going to mm-hmm. be a fun discussion. Uh, we got five songs out of the show. We got a cover of Moon River, Put a Little Love in Your Heart. And then the next song was... Um, Super sh- Friends. No, yeah. Super Friends was not the next song. It was the oh, one sung right. by the fathers, which... Um, if I give me one second, I will actually have it up. I should have had this up already. Um, Because I actually have the soundtrack on my phone already at this point. Uh, But, you know, we got in Put a Little Love in Your Heart. We got to see Darren Chris sing. We got to pretty much a big encore or ensemble piece in which John Barrowman, Darren Chris, Carlos Valdez, and somebody that really surprised me because I didn't really think about it. Jeremy Jordan is a fantastic singer. Jeremy Jordan was the lead in the Broadway uh, version of Newsies. Yeah, that's what I read into. He's got a degree in musical theater. I had no idea about this. Yeah, that was a big start. He, like, broke out, became a teen heartthrob, just literally doing newsy. Well, hey, it worked for him, and, you yeah. know, his voice is fantastic. I'm always, I'm always amazed that he's, like, such a, like, background side, like, shrinking character on Supergirl. Because, like, I've seen this dude go nuts before, so... <laughs> Uh, but the second song that we got was uh, More I Cannot Wish You, which was John Barrowman, Victor Garber, and Jesse L. Martin. We got Super Friends, which was the duet between Grant Gustin and Melissa Benoit. And then, of course, at the end, uh, we got Running Home to You, which was Grant Gustin's solo piece, which, uh, as we found, I think we haven't talked about this yet, but I know it's something that I found out over the course of the week was actually written by the people that did La La Land. Yeah. So uh, talking about the music, I know one of the things that we all kind of – uh, agreed with is that we kind of wish there was more. There was only five songs. Two of them were covers, so only three originals. And no, three, three were covers. Which one was the th- more, more I Cannot Wish You is from a musical. Really? Yeah. Okay, yeah. that one I did not know. So that one I, I thought was It's original. escaping me at the moment, but I'm pretty sure it, it's it's from a thing. I know I read that somewhere. It's from yeah. a thing. <laughs> yeah. Um. The hard-hitting insight and analysis of DC. <laughs> oh yeah, it's it's from Guys and Dolls. There we go. That's it. Yep. So written by Paul McCartney, actually. So the funny I, thing is, is I knew that when I heard the song, I'm like, I know this song. I know this song. You I, were in Guys and Dolls. I know I was. And I'm like, <laughs> I know this song. I just can't think of it. <laughs> um, but I'm a hot box dancer, so I didn't know. I wasn't part of that scene. Okay. You know, I um, threw pearls at the. I threw pearls and furs at the at the pit. Do you know I've yeah. never seen Guys and Dolls? I should be ashamed. Should so, be. I know. I should be. This is actually one of the more, like, undeniably masculine musicals of, like, the older eras. 
Well, I mean, I'm a big musical fan. I'm mean, like, it's and it's, for some reason, it's just one I've I've never seen. So now that I should, because I have to say, and I'll get your opinion on all of this too. Out of all five songs that we did, I loved "Running Home to You." I thought that was a great song, but it's a legitimately good song. It's a good yeah. song, but it, it should have been sang to somebody else. It, well, I, yeah, we know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Let's go into that, Kelly. The, we'll, we'll give you a little bit of the spotlight here. Um, you know, what were your thoughts on on all of the music that came? out of the show i liked it you know i didn't you know i wasn't you know i mean singing in the rain starting with singing in the rain um that's like my favorite like favorite ever so you know me yeah, and, 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 and if i could jump in that was sort of like the original justification when they started saying it's like oh this world is being built by your own memories and since they already established that barry loves singing in the rain and that is a musical made up of songs from other musicals so that sort of justified the whole, well, that, oh, that's why they're singing songs from other things, you yeah. know. And then, like, seeing Kara, you know, her love of Wizard of Oz, you know, like, I, and I think the, the fact that both of them just loved musicals that much, and that's the reason why it's built the way it is, I think it worked. I think that did work. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Kelly, what other, was Running to You your favorite of the, uh, Running Home to You your favorite, or was that? Nope. Super Friends. Okay. <laughs> now, Super Friends was done by no. the by the crazy ex girlfriend crew, which yeah. if you guys don't watch that, that's a lot of fun. Now, if Grant Gustin was singing "Run Home to You" to me, then I would <laughs> that would be my that would be my song. Sorry, Brian. Well, you know. <laughs> Sorry. You know. What can I say? I mean, that's been well established that you know. I think the Flash is hot. I don't have his abs or eyebrows, so no. I can't compete with that. No. <laughs> Sorry, if you if you did, you know. <laughs> it'd be on <laughs> and some superhero John Mulaney I cannot compete with it <laughs> <laughs> Brian what about you what was your favorite song of the uh, the soundtrack uh, you know I, I love Super Friends just for the, the general silliness of it and the fact that it literally did play out to it sound, it seemed like Rachel Bloom came in choreographed it and was like okay you're going to do this exactly as I say because she basically because uh Supergirl basically turned into her character from the show for like a couple seconds during that scene. I thought that was amusing. Um, <laughs> but Running Home to You is a really, really, really good song. Like, I can see that that's going to be at, it's going to be at all the nerd weddings this season. Dude, you stole my line. I was totally going to say that, too. Like, I, I immediately, like the second or third time I watched that episode, I was like, you know what? I'm totally pitching this to Brianna when we get engaged. That This is going to be our wedding song. And the funniest part about it will be only my friends will know where it's from. Her friends won't have a clue. And it seems like it can be an actual song. It can stand alone outside of this, where super friends cannot. Yeah. In any way, shape, or form. Yeah. I don't know. I I listen to some crazy music, so, you know, totally could. I I have already listened to super friends probably more than anything else from from this already. Any song that throws in puns, I am done. I'm good. Uh, It's it's a lock. It has tap dancing, so it has me right there because I love happy tappies. I'm all about the happy tappies. But I mean, like, you're absolutely right. Like, Running Home to You is, is a perfect wedding song for people that are not, you know, putting the being fans of these shows aside, like, even if it was something you had just heard, it, it, the lot of the meaning is still there, whether it's attached to this show or not. It's a song that would make a decent wedding song. Not only that, that, but the fact that it's only two and a half minutes long, which is a shorter dance, which I know a lot of couple, being a former DJ, I know a lot of couples actually go for. 
because uh, they don't want to sit up there for like five minutes dancing in front of oh, you. Oh, yeah. We, we, we did the luckiest, but then folds. We were there. It, long it, it, it went forever. It was not fit for dancing at all. Whatever. <laughs> See, I, I, yeah, I know. I, I bypassed part of ours because I, I, we did. Uh, I, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, but it was um, one of the singers from an old rockabilly band I used to listen to all the time. Then uh, the song is on the longer side, and my wife was already fairly tipsy. So I was like, hey, why, why doesn't the entire wedding party also dance with us? No one will see. So, <laughs> so. That's a good way to cover it. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and if radio was still a thing, I could see this totally making, like, you know, the old Disney movie crossover where you get the version where, like, the R&B singers sing it. And it gets all the radio airplay. If radio was still a thing, I could see that happening. With this I don't know. Was... He has an amazing voice. So, I mean, yeah. it, it could, you know, you never know. It yeah. could. Stranger things have happened. Yes, absolutely. And it's I, fun. They I... played Let It Go on the radio for the longest time. And it was not a, and it wasn't the radio version with Demi Lovato. Yeah, you're right. It was right. definitely, you know, the movie soundtrack. <laughs> well, I mean, it, well, I mean, it, you know, there's going to be covers of these songs already. I mean, Rob, you pointed, you sent me a link, the one before we even started, of somebody doing a piano cover of Super Friends, and it's yeah, you know, which was out within two days. Yeah, and I was just like, oh my god, and it's amazing. I'll actually even throw it in our our little channel too. So if you guys want a just a nice smile, <laughs> um, it's quite wonderful. Yeah, so I mean, we're going to see covers of these songs, but Rob, I'll go to you with the same question. Out of all the songs that we got, what was was Super Friends your favorite, or did you have another? Uh, you know what? I, I gotta say, yeah, running home to you. But the moment that they started doing uh, "Put a Little Love in Your Heart," all I could think of was the movie Scrooge. Yes, I don't know why. That's that's <laughs> where my brain was at for the entirety of this. Um, but yeah, no, I, I really, I really loved "Running Home to You." I think it was, like I said, a great song. Um, and it's one of those ones that, yeah, you could play pretty much anywhere, and everybody's gonna kind of turn their heads and be like, "That's fantastic." It's one of those things I kind of hope and pray that turns up in karaoke somewhere. So uh, I'm I'm going different on mine. Uh, I'm not going Moon River, so you don't have to worry about that. Um, actually, that was probably my least favorite out of. It's a terrible song. It, it's a terrible song. It's a terrible song, but not it's, only it's a that, song, it's a song that your parents like, and you're like, oh, why do you like this song? It's it, it's a terrible song, but not only that, but out of all, like obviously we know these these stars are really the voices behind these songs, and they're lip syncing when they're recording, but it had some of the worst dubbing. <laughs> Out of all the other songs, I mean, it was very blatant that she was singing over, you know, that she was lip syncing the song. Everything else was pretty transitional. I mean, and, and it's a surprise from somebody coming from like Melissa Benoit, who came from Glee. That's all you did on that show was, you know, dub over your songs. You lip sync the songs when you were filming. So it kind of surprised me that it was that bad. But my favorite song out of everything in this entire soundtrack, I loved Running Home to You, but I loved more I cannot wish you. Um, more for the fact that, you know, I think Grant and Melissa have great voices. Obviously, Carlos Valdez and um, and Jeremy have great voices as well. But we got to hear Victor Garber sing for, like, probably the truest time out of everything. We got to hear Barrowman, and Barrowman has a fantastic voice. But I'm one of those people that when I hear Jesse L. Martin sing, it is oddly comforting. And, like, that's how I felt. Like, I was just really comforted by hearing him sing. Like, it's it's almost a warm feeling inside. Yeah. It's, I mean, I, honestly, though, too, I got to say, just Victor Garber getting a chance to sing more and more recently. Like, we got to hear him do Deo last week yeah. on Legends of Tomorrow, which was amazing. But it was great to see him actually sing something, you know, a little bit more, like, laid back and relaxed. But yeah, all three of them have just 
outstanding voices. Yeah, I think yeah, that I totally was... Oh, sorry. No, go for it. I totally didn't realize that um, that, that was the original Broadway Collins from Rent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, what? Yeah. And then when it was pointed out to me, it's like, yep, yep, yeah, I can totally see that. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it's it's one of those... It's, it's uh, That is such a powerful trio in that song that I just... And even now that I, I mean, even now knowing that it's a, from another show and it wasn't original, it doesn't change the fact that I, I'm pretty sure that is my favorite song from that episode. Yeah. So, uh, let's talk about some of the other nuances, though, of the episode. Obviously, the music was pretty good, and I think the the dancing, you know, the choreography was great as well. But I, I, I want to start with saying this: one of, and my line of the week actually comes from this show, and it's part of this. What I'm about to say is that. I loved the absolute innocence that came from Barry in this episode. Like, he know it's, it's one of those things, it's almost kind of Deadpool-ish, where Deadpool knows he's in a comic book. And this is one of those things where Barry knows he's in a musical, and he's seeing all these subtle nuances. And a prime example of that is also my line of the week, and it's very quick. It's when we first see Darren Chris appear in their head and in the musical, and right before Put a Little Love in Your Heart, he takes his jacket off, does a spin, tosses the jacket off the screen, and you just see Barry follow the jacket and just say, where did it go? <laughs> you know, like, because it, com- like, it does in musicals, it completely disappears. And just the subtle little nuances like that and seeing, you know, uh, you know, when Barry is watching Victor Garber and Jesse L. Martin start singing and he turns to the guy behind him like, you know, like, hey, check this out. This is awesome. Like, just the innocence that came of Barry in- through everything. I, I, ju- I-, I loved it. Reminds it reminds me of... And bear with me here. We have an eight-year-old, but um, Teen Beach Movie, the Disney <laughs> Channel, like it's actually amazing. It, yeah, it's <laughs> one of the best like feminist sci-fi time travel like things ever, and it was a flipping Disney Channel original movie. Um, but they, there's the, they, the, these kids get transported in like an old crappy, you know, like beach movie, and the main character is just like he's like an anachronistic dork for this stuff and so when he shows up in the in the movie and they start doing a musical he's just sitting there with a big doofy open grin on his face watching everything happen that's kind of what Barry was doing and here. He, like, I jumps enjoyed in it. and does the dance numbers and everything where yeah. the girl is just like what is this she's like she's like I'm on a beach I'm singing it's like stop <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, that was easily, I think, some of the best moments of this is every time a music like music number that broke out that Barry was around for, it was always, like you said, the big, doofy, like, like looking grin on his face. He'd be kind of like jiving and like back and forth. You know, all those little moments has made that so much better. Absolutely. Absolutely agree with you on that. Yeah. Uh, yeah like there needed to be a music that it's like there is a, you know, like when they were trying to convince... Um, Iris and Monel that they needed to tell their dads there should have been a musical musical number there, you know. I mean, there's so many places that they could have put a musical number. And they yeah, didn't. there felt like there there was a lot of setup moments where like, oh, they're about to no, and there's like, oh, they're about oh, god damn it. Yeah. yeah, it was. I did that like four or five times through the entirety of the episode. And I'm like, why is there so much talking? There's more singing. I um, I think it should be like in the truest sense of a crossover. I, I think I think this should have been two episodes. I yeah. think this should have started on Supergirl, not at the end of Supergirl. It should have started on Supergirl with Music Meister. And then, you know, focus more on some of the characters that come out of, you know, focus more on Melissa Benoit and, you know, and Jeremy. Um, 
and Jeremy Jordan and, you know, maybe even a couple characters, maybe get their singing voices a little bit up to par. And then at the end of the episode, carry it over into the flash. And then you bring in Carlos Valdez and Grant Gustin. And, you know, cause you could even have, uh, Victor Garber in with Supergirl and John Barrowman in with Supergirl. And then you bring in the flash characters. You bring in Jesse L. Martin, Grant Gustin, Carlos Valdez, and you have a good sized multiple, maybe 10 to 15 song crossover. That is absolutely amazing. Yeah, I, I think one of the things that I, this really needed was the big encore song that had everybody involved. Like you had your little opening number with, you know, you know, not not really kind of counting, you know, Moon River, but like, you know, put a little love in your heart was kind of like, here's your opening big bombastic thing. And you kind of expected that at the end. The fact that that didn't exist kind yeah. of felt like a little bit of a letdown. You got to go with the Disney archetype. You got to have the I want song and you got to have the villain song. We didn't get a music meister villain song. I no. know. And he wasn't really even a villain in the grand scheme of things. No, yeah. I mean, yeah, and that's something else that I wanted to touch base on because, you know, Brian, as you had mentioned, uh, you know, seeing different versions of these characters, um, that was something that kind of surprised me, but not in a bad way. I was actually okay with it in this sense. And that Music Meister really wasn't a villain that we were kind of expecting him to be in this. I mean, he's still a fairly new character in the world of DC. I think he was created for Brave and the Bold. If he was only strictly correctly. Brave and the Bold. I don't think he's ever been anywhere else. Yeah, I think they did a couple comics where he was part of them uh, in the background, but that was about it. Um, and that was, and I think he made an appearance in like the Lego Batman game or something like that. And that was about yeah. it. Like he has never really been around for much. So, I when I saw like how they treated his character, I'm like, I don't know if this is right or wrong, or if I had a stroke and I forgot something in DC continuity, which is really easy to do. Yeah. Um, but it was, I just couldn't think of if this was correct or if this is the only place. And I'm like. The way they kind of treated his origin, I'm like, I guess it is just Brave and the Bold is where he was from. And after looking for about five minutes, I'm like, yep, that was it. So, but yeah, no, I really... Like, I mean, they've they've already, I guess they've already had the Mr. Mixtel Pitalik episode. Um, so is he just another fifth dimensional imp, basically? That's pretty much. Kind of what it seems like, yeah. yeah. I mean, that seems exactly how I they treat it. I mean, that's not a terrible way to justify the musical powers and everything, but... Yeah, uh, but just the fact that he's floating around basically like Cupid uh, was kind of amusing, though. I like the fact that they, they made that the basic twist. It's like, this is a love story and you guys aren't in love. Let's fix this. Um, I, I mean, I thought that was kind of a nice, cute little touch to the, you know, the framework of the, the episode. Uh, the other thing we haven't talked about yet, too, is uh, back on Earth 1 is the little team up that we get to see between Vibe, Kid Flash and Martian Manhunter, which was all kinds of wonderful. Yes. <laughs> Um, so Ben, do you want to, do you want to dive into that one? Cause I'm sure you geeked out just as hard as I, I did. I really, I really did. Um, it was another one of those moments where we got to see, like, it's always funny. It, I almost equate it to the Diggle moments when Diggle gets to see these people with superpowers, you know, for the first time, you know, going back to invasion when, you know, he says to Kara, when he says to Supergirl, what makes her so super? And she levitates and uses her, you know, her eye beam. And he's like, I'm convinced like it's, it's those simple little moments. And it was you know, Cisco coming in saying to John, like, look, I get what you're doing, this whole special agent thing, but I, but what this really needs is, and, you know, John transforms into Martian Manhunter and he's like, you know, a green guy with a badass cape. And it's, you know, it, I equate it to the Diggle moments and I love those moments that pop up. But, you know, even with the actual battle that happens, um, seeing, I love, love seeing vibe. Like, actually in action. I'm liking seeing Cisco actually getting to participate 
in in everything that's going on. And I mean, he even equated it with one particular line that he said is like, we win as a team. This is not a solo mission for anybody, like not even Grant, not even for for Barry. Yeah, that is still one of the most surprising things of the whole CW verse is the the usage of the like short lived canceled too early, like 10 issue vibe comic that came out a couple of years ago that introduced him as Cisco and like introduced all the breaching and everything. I'm still dumbfounded that that is like the the backbone of this entire thing. And like, he's like one of the breakout you know, characters of the show yeah. too. Like it's amazing. The fact that they made his suit, like, and it looks like his suit, like yeah. they did such a great job on all those little touches. Um, but yeah, he's, he's kind of been the heart and soul of the show since it started. So, yeah. I mean, it was also nice too seeing that um, even without Barry there, you know, Barry being in the coma with, with Kara, um, you know, it was, it was kind of great seeing the repercussions of what Wally went through being, trapped in the speed force and how he's kind of shaking himself of that even without barry so um you know even with even though this was a musical episode we still ever so slightly got a little more progression into the main storyline that we're going through which i was happy with yeah uh no like i think all in all though like the episode was just a blast i mean there was so much fun to be had like i said i think we all agree needed a little bit more music but the grand scheme of things, we wrap back up at the end of the episode with the the engagement is back on. Uh, obviously, they broke it up as the setup for the episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Our, my my general <clears throat> thought. Uh, while I love a lot of stuff about Flash, I am still. I have suspicions that every single person writing this show has never been in a real relationship before. <laughs> <laughs> And every time, and like, you know, bless her heart and everything, but like every time Grant Gustin interacts with like almost any other female character, it feels as though he has more chemistry with them than with Iris. And if you're going to hang your hat on that, like I understand, like I understand, you know, they, they went off script with Felicity and they kind of screwed things up. So they're going to stay on script with Iris. But yeesh, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, terrible. I, yeah, I still really miss. Scene, there was that one scene at the end of the first season where I think they they were supposed to make it look like, oh, she's taking charge. Like she joins the team. She like, you know, sit, stands at a computer and it's supposed to seem like she's taking charge and like being her own person. But it just seemed like she was being mean and kind of a jerk. And it didn't really work for me. And ever since that. Yeah. yeah I, I, I will say I still really miss Patty Spivet. Uh, I really hope she comes back at some yeah. point. So. I miss her in the comic, too. She was a much better character in the comic. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's... it's. Yeah, Iris in both the comics and, and the show just have not been, has not been doing much for me. And it's like, oh, sorry, she's the legacy character, so she's sticking around. But Patty was really good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but I have to take back my line of the week. I got to give it to Brian. <laughs> nobody from cw has been in a real relationship that's like that's brilliant but you're telling me at the end of seasons people don't just drive off into the sunset and go to the burbs that's yeah, exactly. I, I know. you mean to tell you, you mean to tell me guys don't sing to their girls every time they propose like it's sorry oh, kelly God. it's a sore subject for you i know uh, no i know it's all right it's all good <laughs> No, I I cheered when when the engagement was broken off. 
I like actually got up and cheered, and I was like, "Good <laughs> on you, Barry!" It's like getting your head straight. Good. <laughs> and then it's like it was back on. It's like, um, did you get crazy pills? You know. <laughs> You knew it was going to happen. Caitlin's right there. Hello. I mean, <laughs> her dad wasn't super thrilled about it. I mean, he acted like it, but you could tell on his face that he was like, mm-mm. No, I, th- I think he would. Joe West, on the other hand, Joe, I want Joe West to be my dad. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody wants Joe West to be his I dad. I want Joe West to be your dad, too. <laughs> well, <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I think Joe was more disappointed that Barry didn't ask first. I don't think he was disappointed in the engagement at all. I don't oh, know. I'm it as he was, he was disappointed. That's in the kind engagement. of your sister there, Barry. Why? <laughs> <laughs> that's well, but I mean, they've this has been creepy since episode one. But they've been dating and seeing each other for how long now? Like, what? Wouldn't that have been creepy from the beginning too? Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, it really was. But you know, <laughs> you I know mean, what? I thought it's it's so funny too because I I was rewatching the episode last night and. Uh, I was watching it with my girlfriend who doesn't watch The Flash, but she was watching. She was actually asking me questions like, wait a minute. So Barry and Iris are together. Bar- Iris is Joe's daughter, but Barry is cut. But Joe is kind of also Barry's adopted father. I'm like, yeah. She's like, ew. Right? <laughs> That's how I feel. <laughs> so seeing yeah. it from an outside perspective, yes, it definitely, it definitely comes across like he's dating his sister. So I was like, well, married to his sister. As I said, I'm like, well, they're not blood related or related by marriage. She's like, still, they grew up together. Like, that's I weird. Know. This is Shelbyville. This is Central City. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, we were getting references from everywhere this week. Oh. Now my bra- I, because we were thinking like musicals too. My brain started just doing monorail in my head after that. So <laughs> that's going to be stuck there all day. Thank you so much, Brian. <laughs> oh man, oh, mon- and, there, and there's so much monorail action in the Flash comic. Oh man. <laughs> First Flash is made of monorails. It's great. <laughs> so, uh, Kelly, favorite part of the episode, of the music episode? Oh, man. That's hard. Hmm. See, I'm gonna, I'm still going to go with... I'm going to go with all the dancing. Okay. Favorite part, especially with the tap dancing. Tap dancing, that will get me every time. It's like, you know... Uh, when Supergirl says that if if he screws up, he can just go back in time and fix it and try it over again. Uh, actually, I'm not allowed to do that anymore. I love that part. That is a, that is a great line. That really that is, is a great the line. Most crazy ex girlfriend thing humanly possible because that's the self awareness that's in all their songs. Yeah, <laughs> Rob, how about you? Uh, I, I actually have to say the fact that they made Joe and Doctor Stein uh, dads a relationship. Yeah, yeah, that was good too. Um, and yeah, and, that. No, no, cool, cool. I like musicals. <laughs> that's, a, that's right. He's just like, I like musicals. Like, just out of the blue. So, yeah, and I'm just going back to, to what I said before, to just getting to hear uh, Jesse L. Martin and, and Barrowman and Garber singing was just, uh, again, that's probably my favorite moment of that entire episode. And and seeing Barry, like, you know, look, look what's going on. Like, this, you know, that was that was a lot of fun. But really, if you think about, you know, like it, it being all in Barry's head, I mean, it's like, you know, you do have, the, you know, them as like kind of his two dads kind of thing, you know, if you think of the nuance there. So I can totally well, see that, you know. Well, not, not, not Dr. Stein, but wasn't yeah. He the, wasn't he in the Flash at one point? He was in the Flash at one point, but he but, wasn't a dad figure. Well. I see Barry, what you're going for, yeah. yeah. Barry and his brain just shipped those characters. Yeah, exactly. 
So, um, but you know, as we mentioned before, too, it got a lot of it, it explains a lot of why we saw some things in the particular episodes. It explains why we got to see the fracture in Barry and Iris. We got to see the fracture in Monel and Kara because it was pretty much just setting it all up for this episode. Really, it so. should have been Kara and Barry. Yeah, I know. I, they, that's that's yeah. who the song should have been sung to. It should have been sung to Kara. That was another yeah, question. I, ever since he brought her ice cream, she's like, "Oh, that is my new one true pair." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, I mean the ice cream episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I yeah, I'm all about that. Yeah, that's probably one of my favorite moments of that crossover too. Was when he brought yeah. her ice cream. Like the look on her face is just priceless. Yeah, the look of pure joy and excitement. Yes, and yeah. it just turned into a living cartoon character. <laughs> yes. So, uh, but looking forward on the Flash next week, Abracadabra is uh, is coming in. Flash fights a villain from Earth 19 called Abracadabra. We've we've made some. Uh... Crashed out of his hat. <laughs> yeah. We're waiting for Zatanna to show up for that one. Oh. I hope. We've we've seen some uh we've made some predictions about this as to uh some things going on. We don't know who HR's partner was in, in Earth nineteen. We Oh god, HR. We made some predictions. That was you know, HR was another great moment too. Like, you know, at the end of the episode when Barry's like, you know, I wasn't the only one who could sing. You know, and HR chimes in, he's like, Thanks, Barry. <laughs> like, I was talking about Kara. <laughs> So, uh, like I said, to, to this day, and every time I, you know we see HR, we always joke that he's the, it's just JD's brother from Scrubs found a portal and ended up in Star Labs. So, yes. <laughs> and anytime I, I love the fact that they've found a way to make have it, the, way, the fact that they've managed to keep him on the show, and he's playing a different character every season, and sometimes multiple characters per episode. I'm I'm I'm, gra- I'm very happy for Ed. <laughs> And, you know, it's too like when I was watching it, my girlfriend was like, that's Ed. I'm like, who the hell is Ed? That's HR. Because I had no idea he was in a TV show called. Ed. I remember when he was a bowling alley lawyer, which I only watched because uh, it had a member of the state in the cast. And I was a huge state fan back in the day. And yeah, it was also I, like, like Julie Bowen was in it, too, wasn't he? Yeah, wasn't yeah she? Right. she was before she got she fell into the hole that became Modern Family. And like, I, <laughs> that's a show that doesn't exist in my life. So. Yeah, yeah, like, like I said, I love Jean Pierre Napoleon. I cannot watch Modern Family just for Tybera. <laughs> <laughs> now, like I said, if you ever have downtime and you need to kill like five or ten minutes, just jump on YouTube and look up uh, a web series called Mike and Tom Eat Snacks. It's Michael Ian Black and Tom oh, yes. Cavanaugh just eating snack food and talking about it, and that's it. And I it's wish they do more. Oh, man, I didn't realize I didn't realize that was Tom Cavanaugh. <laughs> yeah, nice. I can hundred percent get behind that. <laughs> yeah, it's, I've listened to a number of it, and it's it's so good, and I wish they'd do more. Oh, I'm just talking about the podcast and eating snacks. Well, okay. <laughs> All right. Doesn't matter who it is. <laughs> uh, cool. So, yeah, we're, um, another amazing musical episode, and they've definitely left it open to do another one in the future. Yeah, I really hope we to. get – I hope the fact that they left Music Meister up there and open, because even they got Darren Chris, and he didn't do a lot of singing. No, he yeah. didn't. I expect him to go back to Hogwarts. You yes. Know? <laughs> Are you guys aware of his his bizarre three part three three separate Harry Potter fan musicals he's been start he starred in? No, no. He he was part of a collective a Chicago collective called a Star Kid who write like they write their own musicals, but they do a lot of like pop culture parody musicals. And they did three separate Harry Potter musicals that um, bridged the that like kind of collected and adapted all seven books. And he is Harry Potter, and it's kind of hilarious. Oh, that's I awesome! Need to find they're this, all, they're all way too—they're all way too long, but they—but the the high points in them are very high, and they're all available on YouTube. You can just go and stream and watch the whole dang thing. 
Oh, yeah, look at that. A, a very Potter musical. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah I know what I'm out. doing. That's right. how we got discovered for Glee, actually. I'm, yeah, I'm going to have to look at these, too. That's awesome. Uh, that's fantastic. A very, I, yeah, that's my night. A that's very totally Potter musical, a very Potter sequel, and a very Potter senior year. Yeah. Yeah. That's and awesome. The, and, the, and the way they tie everything up by the end is astonishing from like a fan-made musical standpoint. Awesome. I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah. Uh, all right. So the shows are over, but this Saturday, yesterday, well, this weekend, uh, we got something we've been anticipating for a while, and I'm curious what everybody's thoughts are. We finally got to see the trailer for Justice League. Uh, <laughs> by the groans, I can tell where we all stand. Um, so let's talk a little bit about it. There's obviously it's the DC Cinematic Universe peaked with that original Superman trailer and that music, and it has all been downhill since. I, and you know what? I completely agree with this. I posted this it's on not the correct Flash. Yeah. Oh, well. I, we, I won't watch the movie that's not great, Gusted. Sorry. <laughs> he has to be the Flash. Uh, His Iron Man suit, as you call it. Oh, yeah. The, it, the it Iron really Man does. suit on, um, on uh, Cyborg. It's just like, oh, that's a little Iron Man. Well, I thought he was a little, I thought Flash looks a little Iron Man. To well, be perfect. That, I thought that's who you were talking about. No, I was talking about the, the Cyborg's Iron Man moment. It's like, oh. Hmm. Well, <laughs> yeah. looking at the trailer, too, like I knew he was going to have to be a lot of CGI, but he looks overly CGI. He has nothing but – he is a floating head that happens to have some CGI near it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, He's a so, floating like, I, head. He's not even the entire head. Yeah, he does look, I think, a little bit uh, – he does not look complete. Like, it feels like they're like, we got to put a trailer out, and they're like, uh, well, yeah, we're like, only I'm – willing, I'm, willing I'm willing to let that fly because there's – you never know. CGI can, is always unfinished in a trailer, but it's not Please, looking yeah. so far. He's got the yeah. Transformer floating scrap metal problem going on. <laughs> and I don't like Wonder Woman's costume. It just looks cheap. Oh, well, yeah, I guess we're going to see. I guess we'll get to that point after the Wonder Woman movie. It, what Wonder Woman comes first, right? Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, that's this summer. That's this I summer, believe. and then Justice League is in November. Yeah, well, I think Wonder Woman's very close. I think it's like May, I want to say. Okay. So. So, but yeah, I mean, it's yeah. it's one of those things. And Brian, you touched the point directly. It's uh, I posted this on our on our Facebook page, uh, Facebook dot com slash DC Primetime. But I also posted it on my on my personal one. And you know, my exact my almost exact words were: the Man of Steel trailer was good. The movie sucked. Batman versus Superman trailer was great. Was moved. Yeah! I, I know, I know. Was di- <laughs> uh, but I was disappointed with the movie. This trailer, I'm like, it looks great. I have to wait until I see the movie. I can't make any judgment on DC trailers anymore. See, I can't see. I mind you, I was I was forcibly dragged to see Batman v Superman, but I was I was I was flat out. I want. I really wanted to take my hard Avatar stance. Where like like I refuse to go to see a movie because just because James Cameron ever seems to be able to make everyone think that they need to see his movies. I, I refuse to see Avatar because of that. I went and I saw Superman. I was greatly disappointed. And then I'm just like, you know what? I'm just not going to see Batman versus Superman because it's the same exact creative team. It's the same exact characters. Why am I going to waste my money? And then Sean forced me to go. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, no, 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 it's really good. It's really good. And, like, and aside from Wonder Woman's theme music, you know, when she shows up in the wardrobe start, I'm like, oh, this is really cool. Why isn't this the rest of the movie? <laughs> yeah. I, there's, I mean, like I said, I, I'm, I'm somewhat of an apologist for the DCEU. I mean, I actually enjoyed Man of Steel for the most part. There is some What's the East stuff for extended universe okay so, yeah hmm. um but i mean like i said there's a lot of man of steel i really loved and there's you know chunks of it that i'm like eh, you know whatever 
but it didn't kill it for me. You know, Batman versus Superman, I walked out of it. I'm like, that wasn't as bad as what everybody's thinking. And then, you know, time has changed my viewpoints on a lot of that. And I'm like, there are some fun moments. And then there's a lot of really bad ones. Batman v Superman is one of those things where it's like the old 90s movies where it's like Independence Day. You walk out of it, it's like, yeah, America, super cool. And then you think about it for a second, it's like, wait a minute, none of that made any sense. (laughs) Why was there an extended scene featuring Lex Luthor's jar of pee? Why is that a thing in a major motion picture? Why is no one talking about this? Is everyone embarrassed that that's a thing that exists? Wait, that wasn't really sweet tea? I'm confused. I hate to break it to you, my friend. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> so, uh, I mean, yeah, it's 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 a question of when the movie comes out. Am I going to go see it? Probably yes. Because, uh, of course, we're going to... probably yes? We're, we're going to talk about it. So, yeah. it. Uh, but the I beauty mean, of... Suicide Squad was a... It was drastically better than... The three things that we just talked about beforehand. It's still not a great movie, but a good movie. The Oscar winning. Oscar yes, winning. Yes, Oscar winning Suicide Squad. Squad. Yes. Oh, God. Can we blow up the ego of that movie anymore by saying Oscar winning? <laughs> I mean, we couldn't believe it won an Oscar. I mean, it was. <laughs> I think oh. you and the rest of the world yeah. couldn't believe yeah, that yeah, it won yeah. an Oscar. Because you know they are going to ride that horse as long as they can. Oh, yeah. They're gonna ride. It. It's gonna be on like when they re when they re uh, republish DVDs and Blu-rays. It's going to be on the case. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, they're gonna they're gonna ride that as much as possible. But I mean, it's it's a wait and see for me. I've been severely yeah. led on by DC trailers before, and I'm I'm learning my lesson. It's I'm not uh, doing it this time. You know, I mean, I, you guys you guys get Suicide Squad a little bit of a you know. It's like, I did not see it because I refused to go see another DCEU movie. But we went and we, we saw, like, Pete's Dragon. There were, like, maybe, like, 12 people in the theater. Highly recommended if no one's seen oh, it. Oh, I loved it's Pete's fun. Dragon. Yeah, the, the new Pete's Dragon is amazing. They took a terrible old movie and made it a fantastic Hey, hey now, the original is one of my favorites. Yeah. <laughs> try, try watching it this year and we'll see. We'll I have. <laughs> okay. I watched it All last right. year. All right, fair enough. Passing McQuaddy, come on. <laughs> well, yeah. Um... <laughs> Every little bit, um, <laughs> but like we 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 saw we saw that, and there were like twelve people, and like the twelve people in the theater, we all came out and we talked while you know people went to the restroom and whatnot. And then the showing of Suicide Squad went out, and what it felt like like a hundred people came pouring out of the theater, and every single person was just like, "Eh, that wasn't that good." It's like I don't think I'd even watch that if it was on HBO. It's like and like it's like everyone's just saying, "Yeah, I don't know why I went and saw that." And it's like, well, why did you go and see? <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm starting to draw, draw a fine line with comic book movies and seeing them in the theater. Um, I think uh, Marvel-wise, I haven't seen like the last three things they've done. I saw Civil War, and then beyond that, I'm like, I'll go see you know Avengers: Infinite War or Infinity War or whatever the hell they're calling it. But but that's about it. And everything else, I'll catch somewhere on the back end. How dare you, sir? Doctor <laughs> <laughs> Strange is really fun. I also well, did no. see it in the giant, like death, you know, ear-shattering 3D IMAX, whatever. But I, I think it's just the fact that it feels like the majority of films I'm going to see anymore are just superhero films, and I'm like, I am totally missing all these other great things that are coming out. So I'm Fair trying enough. to uh, mix it up a little bit. So I, I, I personally, I like Doctor Strange. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, so it, it's a wait and see. But yeah, it, the, I, I will say Aquaman riding on top of the Batmobile. Yes, that's does. the most brave and bold, the bold thing I, that they could have possibly put in there. And that's my one shimmering ray of hope. It's like, if I do ever see it, I hope Aquaman is as fun and bombastic as he is in the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> and 
I mean, he seems like he's they're kind of going in that direction, like badass, but like over the top. And yeah. I kind of hope that That's plays what you need out. To do. Yeah, and it, it, it was cool seeing Mira. I did like seeing seeing Mira there. Yeah, the underwater stuff did look kind of cool. Uh, I will give him that. Um, Still don't know how you're going to do underwater stuff in a movie for an entire movie, but we'll see. Yeah, looks the Little Mermaid. Well, that was that was half under the water. Well, yeah. yes, that was also a cartoon. I'm still trying to figure out how they're going to do live action talking underwater, but, you know. Um, <sighs> I will say probably one of my favorite parts of the trailer, is, other than Aquaman riding the Batmobile, I actually like seeing J.K. Simmons as Commissioner Gordon. Yeah, he looked good. He did look yeah. really good. All right, so let me uh, barrel through the news. We'll do our plugs and get out of here. Sure. All right. So uh, we'll start with uh, the video game world real quick. And Injustice 2, the Shattered Alliance, third part of the trailer comes out. And we got to see Black Adam Nail confirmed as one of the playable members in the game. Uh, so if you haven't got a chance to check it out, the most recent uh, trailer is up on our Facebook page. So just head over to facebook.com slash DC Primetime, and you can see that over there. And there's a link for parts one and part two there as well. Uh, jumping over real quick to a show we don't talk enough about, and it's exactly how I even put it in our group page, but the new trailer for iZombie Season 3 is up, and it looks like this season's going to turn out to be a ton of fun. There was a lot of huge revelations at the end of last season where uh, we now know that Clive is now in on Liv and Robbie's uh, little background as far as what's going on in their world. So that show is getting ready to come back, I believe, in the beginning of April. So I think it's April 4th. So I am looking forward to that. And maybe we'll talk about doing some uh, annuals for that in the off season because we haven't talked about that show actually yet. So uh, jumping over to Flash real quick. Uh, we do have a lot of stills now from the upcoming episode for Abracadabra. And all there, all I can think of, too, is every time I hear that is Transylvania 6, 5000 and just Abracapocus. So uh, <laughs> good old classic Looney Tunes episode. But in addition to that, uh, the soundtrack is now fully available for Duet. You can get that on iTunes, most likely on Google Play as well. Uh, there is seven songs on the soundtrack. So it's there's Meet the Music Meister. Uh, which is probably more than likely from uh, Batman Brave and the Bold. And then in addition to that, uh, no, we have... it's, just, it's just score. Yeah, it's just oh, score it from just the score? show. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, but then there's Moon River, Put a Little Love in Your Heart, More I Cannot Wish You, Super Friend, Running Home to You, and then a second version of Running Home to You that is the guitar version also sung by Grant Gustin. So uh, jumping over, though, into the world of Arrow, we do know we are going to see her make an appearance um, uh, specifically, sorry, Felicity Smoke will be making an appearance on Legends of Tomorrow, and she does have her own suit. Uh, we do have the shots up on the page as well for people to check out, and it's very much a little bit of a mix between Huntress and, as I said, kind of a mix of spoiler in there as well. Uh, it's actually a pretty cool design. I'm kind of looking forward to seeing this in action. So this is going to be in the Doom World episode. So so she's finally started like hitting tires with sledgehammers and doing salmon ladders and stuff? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, pulling tires uh, on with ropes. Uh, again, the, the whole night. Yeah, the big, know, the so. shaking, shaking ropes in front of you, all that stuff. Okay. Uh huh. Yep. <laughs> she's gotten so. into she's gotten into the uh, the Ali CrossFit regimen. All right. Yeah. So uh, this will be the first time we'll see her suit up, and probably the only time we'll see her suit up, which I don't think is a bad thing. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So uh, if you jump over now to to the the DCEU verse, uh, Wonder Woman has officially been rated by the MPAA, so they've been giving them a PG thirteen re- uh, rating for as they, uh, the normal the normal action sequences of violence and uh, suggestive content. So, big shock. 
Um, but we're going to dive over now into a little bit more news on the Batman, and that is now uh, being run, as we talked a couple weeks back, uh, Matt Reeves, who has done the Planet of the Apes sequel, and now uh, the two sequels specifically. But uh, it sounds like he's going to be also bringing over one of his producers from War for the Planet of the Apes, and that's Dylan Clark. Uh, it hasn't been confirmed as of yet. Oh, oh, oh that reminds me. I'm very upset that Grodd did not wa- wind up in the musical episode so they can talk about how he hates Avery APCs from Chimpan A to Chimpan Z. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <sighs> God, nice. Brian, we got to have you more and more often. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> but yeah, so like I said, Dylan Clark is in the runnings to be uh, joining uh, the uh, the group that is going to be pulling the Batman together. So it is just a wait and see. And as we discussed, you can check out the Justice League trailer on our page as well if you haven't gotten a chance to see that quite yet. And uh, I think that kind of wraps it up for uh, for the news this week. It was kind of light. It was a lot of teases leading up to the Justice League trailer. And that kind of uh, dominated the DC news cycle for this week. So... Uh, recommendations real quick. Yeah. Um, I think for me is actually going to be something that Brian's going to plug. And that is Vagabond Comics issue number five, uh, where Brian is featured in that. So, uh, definitely get a chance to check that out. That's in a pre-order right now, correct? It's in a pre-order right now. You can go to vagabondcomics.tumblr.com uh, or vagabondcomics.storenv.com. Yes, I'm clicking around to find everything that's real find it is a is a collection of local cleveland artists who just put together random little short stories uh, based on a theme uh, this issue is the ick it's supposed to be things that are kind of pg-13 and below level grossness uh, mine may or may not be about things animals do in the woods and i wrote it with my son my eight-year-old son it's got a very if you, if i've got a you know shout out another eight-year-old comic creator it's got a real axe cop vibe to it if i do say so myself nice i'm looking forward to checking that out so yeah me too because i do have i do have my uh my the dinosaur who ate comics um sitting on my shelf so ah, yes, my, yes and... my, my my children's book the dinosaur who ate comets which i've got still i still got a few issues lying around here somewhere yeah yeah, uh, our, our our friends uh, that we also gave a second copy to, uh, their son adores the book. So yes. that is one of his favorites to read. So, so. It's like uh, that, even though he's eight, it's still his favorite book. Well, <laughs> at the front of it, so well, <laughs> he's a little biased. That, that too, but still, yeah. Uh, my recommendation for this week is the same one I gave last week, in that I just want to plug my friend. Brian Roll's uh, charity auction that he is doing uh, as charity raffle. Uh, <clears throat> his uh, his art is called. Um, you can find at odysseyart.com. Uh, I believe that's the website. Uh, odysseyart.net. Uh, he's currently doing a raffle right now, two dollars per raffle ticket that you can buy either on his website or at, when you see him at conventions. Which, uh, as we speak currently right now, he is at Heroes and Villains Chicago, and in two weeks will be at Great Philadelphia Comic Con here in the Philadelphia area. Um, $2 a raffle, and or you can buy them on his website or buy them at his table, or every $10 worth of artwork that you buy on his website, or $10 worth of anything that you buy on his website, you get another ticket donated to it. Uh, the drawing will be April 23rd, uh, with winners announced on April 25th, and you can win some really cool prizes, such as a... Uh, 
um, an Odyssey Art branded pro- portfolio with an 11 by 17 print of your choice. He's got some store credit cards that he's going to be doing. Uh, he's got a really awesome Firestorm uh, 16 by 20 canvas shot signed by Robbie Amell, uh, a Wolverine bobblehead signed by Hugh Jackman. Uh, and of course, you the top prize is you. He will digitally draw a headshot of your favorite character, which is a value of over five hundred dollars on his site. So, and all of the proceeds of that go to the Children's Specialized Hospital, uh, based in Mountainside, New Jersey. So, it's a really good cause, a really great charity auction, and Brian's artwork is amazing. As I have a ton of it already in my house. So, OdysseyArt.net, check that out. And how about you guys? Anything special going on in your worlds that you would like to plug that you're working uh, on now, or aside from uh, your comic that's coming up? Yeah, uh, keep an eye on thebriang.tumblr.com, uh, T-H-E-B-R-I-A-N-G. Um, I've, got a, I've got a thing that's been gestating for quite some time, and I'm actually getting pencil to paper on it, and hopefully within the next week. When, when does this podcast come out? Uh, it'll, it'll be out tomorrow morning. morning. Monday morning. morning. Okay. Yeah, probably not that soon, but... Maybe I'll at least throw the logo up or something, but I'm I'm pretty excited about it. So, cool. Very, Looking very, forward to uh, see what it is. Very, very, very Jim Henson meets Final Fantasy. If I can just kind of throw it out there. <laughs> nice. How about you, Kelly? Anything special you're working on right now? Nope. Um, not a whole lot of anything. <laughs> like, I have to come up with something for Free Comic Book Day to wear. So that's oh, that's coming up, much. isn't it? It is, and it's like I need to come up with a new cosplay. So you yes, know, you'll be you'll be you'll be able to find both of us at uh, Carol and John's Comics in Cleveland, Ohio. Yep, because we'll both be there. He'll be drawing. I'll most likely be running around doing whatever you know they need me to do, baking cupcakes for them. You know that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you know that's what I do. I, I'm a behind the scenes, give people cupcakes kind of person. There's nothing wrong with that at all. No, no, there's no. not. Cupcakes make the world go round. So they do. Well, uh, so do, do, you, do you have any thoughts as far as what the next cosplay is going to be? Um, hmm, I don't know. It's like Ray will be really easy, you know. But we'll see. I mean, it's like they have a theme this year, and I'm, you know, I don't know if I'm going to stick with the theme. Yeah. It's- yeah, I don't know if they've announced it yet, so I don't know if I'm allowed to say anything. Yeah. <laughs> well, very cool. Uh, well, like I said, uh, I, one of the last things we have to say, too, on this episode uh, is also make sure you check out uh, George Shaw at georgeshawmusic.com. He's the person that provides us our intro and outro that we destroyed one of the songs this week by adding <laughs> lyrics to. So uh, we we thank the community for making us do that and also hate them for making us do that. So yes. um, we, we hope that hurt your earballs incredibly badly. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, you can check me out uh, on my other podcast as well. The showcast spotlight, which is our interview, our celebrity interview podcast that we do right here on the next level network, uh, as well as all the other podcasts in which Rob, I'm sure will tell you about his uh, on next level radio online.com. And of course the Facebook page for this podcast, facebook.com slash DC primetime. And for me, you can always find me also at nextlevelradioonline.com through Captain Crew Cast of Pods, which is our monthly geek culture show. Uh, like I said, if you haven't heard it yet, our Disney episode uh, was just a couple weeks back. We're getting ready to record the new episode, which is going back into the old format just for the time being, as we plan for the full changeover to single topic episodes. So uh, it was a lot of fun to do Disney, and I know... Uh, we have a lot of fun things in mind for what is to come. So uh, definitely check that out in a couple of weeks. And uh, yeah, 
Aside from that, uh, I think that's it for us. Brian and Kelly, thank you guys so much for being on. I know the listeners are really happy at the fact that you guys got to pop in. I know everybody really misses uh, DCR. So, but yeah. you guys brought a lot of fun to the world of DC Comics Weekly. But you always have a home to pop over here whenever you like. So, oh, yes, this is very fun. This is fun. <laughs> so. Uh, all right, that's going to wrap it up for this issue of DC Primetime. As always, we thank you guys for listening. We thank you guys for contributing and, of course, commenting and posting on the Facebook page, uh, messaging us all the great things that you message us. We ask that you continue to do so. And please, of course, share the podcast. Uh, share the love for Brian and Kelly one more time. And we'll see you guys around the bend. Take care. Peace. Plots will unfold Can't change the seasons of old But arrows in it Every week for 60 minutes The canaries keep changing far too fast Can't say how long a new one will last but it's clear now, and it's fifth year now. Ollie's meant to be the hero of Star City. And all he wants to do is shoot arrows into you. Shoot arrows into you. And all his days he promises. To shoot arrows into you, shoot arrows into you.